We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have a draft sample of positions. We're going to talk about some quarterbacks, and we're going to talk about some offensive linemen in this draft class. All on episode 178 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast on the Blue Wire Network, episode 178. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Malcolm and Pierre. How are you boys doing today? Woo! I am doing great. Um, let's get started. Yes, sir. We got a very fun episode, and we're going to do this all the way to the NFL Draft. We got about... 16 days to the NFL draft at the time of this recording. So not much time left, a little over two weeks. So we got some breakdowns to do. So in this episode in particular, we're going to do some quarterbacks. We're going to do some offensive linemen. And we're going to also do the interior offensive line. So, oh, man, this is screaming my episode. Offensive line, trenches, I love it. So I am excited to talk about this offensive line class. And we're going to talk about some quarterbacks, which, hey, maybe the lines could be in play. Maybe the lines won't be in play. Maybe they won't take one at all in this class. But we're going to break down that position. And then maybe towards the end of this episode, maybe we'll break down a couple running backs very you know, quickly. Not going to spend too much time on that just because, obviously, the Lions running back room is pretty stacked right now and pretty filled out. Obviously, drafting DeAndre Swift last year. They signed Jamal Williams in the offseason. And then they still have on Johnson under contract. So don't really expect the Lions to really touch the running back room too much in this upcoming NFL draft. Maybe we'll mention a few guys that could be in play, maybe day three UDFAs. But other than that, I don't think there's really much time to spend on that running back class. But let's get right into it. Quarterback class, very intriguing quarterback class. Some people say it's one of the better quarterback classes we've seen in a while. Obviously, the headliner, Trevor Lawrence, unanimous number one pick. Lions probably don't have a chance at Trevor Lawrence. And I was probably being generous with the probably part. But let's get into it. I'm going to start off with my man, Pierre. Pierre, who's the first quarterback you want to discuss in this NFL draft? Yeah, I'm going to go with my quarterback four. And this is not to hate on Justin Fields. Um, if it was like in other years, I feel like he'd be the number one or number two overall pick. It's just it's a deep quarterback class, right? Like you said, at the top. So Justin Fields, he's 6'3", 227, reign of sub four, four, I believe 40, right? Something like that. 444 four, four, or 445, four, sorry. Um, strong arm, mobile. I see sometimes he holds on to the ball too long. Um, he has trouble processing, but that's all fixable, right? You sit a year behind golf potentially, and you could start in year two. He has everything you want in a quarterback. Um, like I said, strong arm, mobile. His ceiling is through the roof. Like this guy could be a star quarterback. If he reaches his potential. Yeah. Well, Justin Fields, obviously, you know, this was a guy before the college football season was getting hype as 
being the quarterback two in this upcoming class. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is always the quarterback one. We've been talking about Trevor Lawrence for years and years. So it was going to obviously be very tough to outbeat a guy like Lawrence for the quarterback one spot. And it almost seems like, you know, even in Pierre's rankings, like Justin Fields is just slipping down people's rankings. And it's like not even a knock on him because he's such a phenomenal prospect. I think, right. honestly, it it comes down to just the game of experience that we've almost seen from Justin Fields just because, I mean, the Big Ten didn't really play much games this year. Uh, obviously, he only played in eight games and then played in the college football playoffs, and they made it all the way to the uh, national championship game, lost to Alabama. But not really much on Justin Fields, obviously, a transfer from Georgia, and then, you know, one full-year starter was phenomenal in that full year in 2020 or in 2019, and then 2020 had a pretty good year, obviously, that – Clemson game he brought his stock right back up and then obviously there's a couple games there are concerning the Northwestern game the Indiana game didn't look very sharp in those games and there's those were the games where some people come concerned like oh is this just the typical Ohio State quarterback could he not read a defense I mean this is a tough one so I mean I love Justin Fields overall I think it'd be a phenomenal pick and this is someone the lines are going to definitely have to consider if he's on the board at pick seven so I do like you talking about Justin Fields and kick it off to Malcolm um who is the quarterback you want to talk about this class? Well, damn, I ain't getting no one pit up about Justin Fields. Or I, mean, yeah, I mean, you guys, you want to think about Justin Fields? Talk about Justin Fields. <laughs> I, had, I had one more thing. Um, he's ahead, also man. a tough quarterback. Like, he'll play through injuries. He's not going to, like, I mean, we saw it in the next, not, I mean, not next time, but uh, against Clemson, I believe it was, right? Yep, and he hurt yep. his ankle and he Got came back knocked. in. Yeah, he hurt his ankle or his knee. I forgot what it was. He came back into the game. That the kind of reminds you of like Stafford, right? You want to have tough guys on your team. You want guys to play through things. So you want guys but in kneecaps off. Hey, yeah, that's a guy that he'll play his ass off, man. Justin Fields is a competitor. Yeah, by far that was Justin Fields' best game he probably had in college when he played against Clemson. That was one of his his best games, and he showed everybody a lot of the doubters. He showed a lot of doubters that you know he can play at a high level. He can make the throws right. at NFL level. Now there's some concerns. You know, everybody, a lot of people. The, the, the experts are concerned. I mean, before the season started, he was clear-cut number two quarterback coming off this board. I mean, even you guys had him use the word special and saying that he was the guy right after Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm shocked. What, what made him fall off your board to, uh, number, to number, the, the QB4? Well, QB4. Zach Wilson's rise and just the way he played this year. And I, I was on the Zach Wilson train before, like a lot of people. I, I remember I was telling you guys, yo, watch Zach Wilson, watch this kid, watch this kid. I was on the train, and then um, then Trey Lance, Tyler told me a little about him. I didn't know much about him, so I went back and watched him a little. Holy shit, this guy like could throw the ball, he could move, he's fast. Lance didn't turn over the ball, right? That's huge. Um, so he takes care of the football. And then Fields, obviously, when you go back and watch his games, like Tyler said, the Northwestern game and Indiana game, there's some concerns. But he also was without his target, one of those games, uh, Chris Olave. So you can see why he struggled there. But that, that's why, Malcolm. And, and obviously, you know, throughout the summertime and you get into the actual college football season and you get obviously closer to the NFL draft, right? you do more digging and obviously more stuff comes out and you're going to, you know, shape out your rankings, obviously from what it was back in July into what it's going to be in April. And, you know, for me, it actually was always close. It was Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I actually did have, like you said, Justin Fields above Lance before the college football season. And Lance actually didn't even play a football season this year. He played one game and it's honestly a terrible game. So it's not like that one game really, you know, gave Lance the knock over, uh, over fields. It's just more of, you know, when you, you know, get more into the digging, go back to Lance's games. That's why I have Lance personally as a quarterback too. And then fields for me, it's my quarterback three. So he's on my four. So I think he's still very special and I've stayed consistent pretty much with those two guys, you know, fighting neck to neck. And I really like both of these guys and they're still really close neck to neck. And, you know, my rankings, uh, I, I like both of them a lot. So and not really much of a knock on fields. No, I think it's too. Uh, Lance has a higher ceiling in my opinion than fields. So that's also why Lance is a little higher than fields on my board. I, I just want to say, I am flabbergasted that you have fields over Zach, Zach Wilson. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted. Hey, that, that's, QB4? That's his, bro, that's his opinion, bro. Like, yeah. QB4? Yes, he's my quarterback for. Holy I love I like Zach Wilson. I'm a big Zach Wilson fan. It's just Trey Lance and Justin Fields, man. Those are just different animals for me. Malcolm, well, it's not even remind the listeners where Zach Wilson on your board is because I don't know if they know. Do they know? I tell everybody all the time. He's my QB one. There you go. I'm not not afraid to say it. He's my QB one. 
Yeah, this is what it is. And I, I get a lot of heat from me all the time. They're like, oh, and they're saying, oh, how can you disrespect Trevor Lawrence? It's not a disrespect to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is, when I look at Trevor Lawrence, I look at Andrew Luck. And it's the type of quarterback that is going to be elite in the league. And that's not a knock on Trevor Lawrence. I think he could be a hell of a quarterback. I think he could be elite. I think he could be a top quarterback. Just like yeah. Andrew Luck was. But again, I just get some different types of vibes when, I, when, I'm, when I'm looking at Zach Wilson. And that's just, that's, that's just the only reason. Yeah. Yeah, right. Let's kick it off to Malcolm. I'm really interested to hear your quarterback because I don't think you're talking about Wilson. I don't think you're talking about Lawrence. I know you're not talking about Trey Lance because I know I'm talking about Trey Lance. So who are you talking about? Yeah, I think I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. Who? If, if you can't see Mac Malcolm Jones. Dad, who? who? Mac Jones. <laughs> who? Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Right, yes, Mac. Malcolm, I just have a question. Yes. Would yes. You, would you be mad if he was a lion? I would be mad if the Lions selected any quarterback. Not not really mad, but I'll question. Not really question, but it's like I don't. Th- you know, right now, where this team is right now, I don't think they need to grab that guy right now. I think they could build everything around them, and then in the future, you know, grab that guy. That's why doesn't matter who they draft. If they draft Justin Fields, I'll feel the same exact way if they drafted the Trey Lance. If they drafted Mac Jones, right. I'll feel the well, same exact way. Where is Mac Jones on your like top five? Is he number five? I I personally have him ahead of Fields, so he's my QB four. Whoa! All right, that is it. That no, that down. I'm flabbergasted. Now you <laughs> asking Tyler why the hell um Fields or Lance? Like why we changed our mind? But yeah, Fields at five. I mean, hey, that's your opinion, bro. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I think he's more QB ready than all these guys right now. That that's first thing first. I think he's a guy that just like Kyle Shan- like Kyle Shanahan. He probably sees the same thing. Justin Fields or Trevor or Trey Lance may not be ready this year. They might need a, a seat or two. That's fine with the Lions because they could do that, right? I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about the Lions right now. I'm just yeah. talking about it in general. In general. Uh, so I mean, a team like a team like the 49ers, who, you know, if they're looking to move away from Garoppolo this year, if it's not Trevor Lawrence, if it's not Zach Wilson, I think a guy that's ready to play right now is is Mac Jones. So I think. So taking away from the draft board, because Mac Jones going three technically is possible, and there's some, obviously, rumors. Schefter even said it, so it's possible. Um, not talking about the draft board, just talking from your quarterback rankings, who you think will end up having the better career, is Mac Jones still number four for you? I think I think it is Mac Jones, because I think he might go to the best situation. If he's landing, if he, whoever goes to the San Francisco 49ers is going to probably be a better situation than landing on the, the 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 Philadelphia Falcons. Eagles or, or the the Falcons. I mean, I I honestly think that situation will be better because the play caller, the team in general, I think is a better situation. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones have a better end up having a better career. I, I mean, believe it was that, um, my bad. I believe it was Benjamin Albright who came out and said two teams at top ten want the Niners to take Mac Jones. So hey, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I mean, if you're looking at if you ask yourself who was the best quarterback who played last year, statistically, who was the best quarterback who played last year? Uh, Jones. It was hands down Mac Jones. Hands down Mac Jones. Now, yeah, he was loaded, great offensive line, great weapons, but you just can't ignore seventy-seven percent completion percentage. You can't you can't ignore that. That's just something you can't ignore. So, the quarterback that I have right now that I wanted to talk about is my guy from Alabama. A lot of people was like, "Who?" And I'm just gonna answer Mac Jones. oh my god i mean hey i'm gonna say this way he's a guy that i think a year or two from now we're we're gonna be able to play that track that mike jones track back then they didn't want me now i'm hot they all want me i think we'll be able to play that track loud and proud because back then during this draft they didn't want a lot of people like huh why are we getting mac jones a lot of Fortnite fans like why are we getting mac jones why you know let's get dustin field to trey lance but I think two years from now, they're going to say, back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They're all on me. Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? Right. Mac Jones. If, if, if Mac Jones ends up doing it and ends up being a solid pro, I'll give it to you. I just don't see it. And I've told you my reasons why. But... I know. I, I know. But just look, just look at Kyle Shanahan. He's a guy who had these types of quarterbacks. He had RG3. He had these types of quarterbacks. But you got to look at where he has most success. He had his most success when he had Matt Ryan. And you look at these guys, and who's closer to Matt Ryan than these three quarterbacks? Yeah, but, like, you can get a better version of Matt Ryan, I think, out of the other two than, Matt, than Mac Jones. N- not, not necessarily. 
That's as far as processing the field and, and making the throws, yeah. I mean, what you're going to get from these guys is playmaking and, and, and guys that could make plays. But some some coaches may not want that, that style on their offense. I, I guess that's possible. It's not a route I would ever take if I were. I mean, I'm obviously not a general manager or coach, and that's beyond me. But I would strongly disagree with that philosophy. Yeah, yeah look at it this way. A lot of those styles come with a lot of risk because you got to look at it. Which quarterbacks are more likely to get hurt? A pocket, a guy who sits in a pocket or a guy running all around the goddamn field? No, I mean, obviously you're Lansing Fields. I'm just, I'm just saying it, it, it's the risk that comes to reward. Yeah, it's, it's nice and it's fancy and it's, it's a, a lot of these types of quarterbacks are coming out now because, you know, the, the game is evolving and guys are become, becoming more athletic and, and faster. But sometimes you just may, may want a guy to just sit in the pocket Drop back, you know, three steps, drop back seven steps, and just sling the goddamn ball. You may not want a guy to take seven steps, look around, and scramble all around the field to try to, try to make a big play. Some but guys, the, some coaches don't want that. Yeah, but but these guys like Lance and Fields are not your prototypical Lamar Jacksons who just run around the field. Like, they could still throw the ball, and Lance arguably has the best arm in this whole entire draft class. I think I think these guys are more like Kyler Murray. You think at them, you, you, I think Lance... And Fields is more like Kyler Murray. And again, Kyler Murray can't, he's not a guy like that. He has to play in the spread. I mean, Kyler Murray's like 5'10, five, 5'9. Five, Trey Lentz is 6'4 with I a know. big body like Josh Allen who can but move. But what about, what about Justin Fields? Do he's 6'1? Yeah, he's big too. I mean, 6'1, that's not that big six, for. 6'3, 227. He's 6'3, 227? Yeah, like yeah. he's 6'2 and a half, so he just runs like 6'3. So he's basically like, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, like I got a lot of those guys, they, they, they thrive in spread offense. Is he good on the center? Is he going to take snaps on the center? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's I the plan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But, well, again, we'll see. But Yo, that uh, was again, the issues with, uh, with Justin Herbert last yeah. year, too. We were talking about that. And he, yeah. I mean, shit, he was fine. No, Justin Herbert, he came out. He he was projected to be QB1 two, uh, two, two drops ago. Yeah, but... Uh, Man, I mean, he's playing like it right now. Yeah, he's playing like it right now. I mean, kudos to him. And and again, he he went out to a perfect, a, a really good situation. San Diego, I mean, it was set for him to succeed. Like it's like a, you mean LA, but yeah, no, yeah, I wouldn't LA, say perfect. LA. The O line was a little. The O line sucks. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, but look at the receiving core. Look at the receiving core. Like, good God. Yeah, he got Keenan. It, I'm I'm just saying, like, he's in a diff- way different situation than than Joe Burrow. Now they did sign though. They signed in Corey Lindsley too. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, they still I mean, need like, back, so. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you can just tell the situation between him and, and, and Joe Burrow. There's two different situations. Yeah. Oh, Offens- offensively. Offensively. 100%, so. 100%. Yeah. I like, get that. Yeah. So it's like, you know that, all right, yeah, Joe Burrow was drafted number one, but he was going to probably have the better better season just because of weapons around him. So. No, no, that makes sense. And we're not judging a quarterback, obviously, after one year. You're going to no, judge it five 10 years down the line rather than just his right. rookie year, obviously. Yeah, I'm so. not, yeah, I can't even just, yeah, and we can't even say right now that he's better than him. No, no, no. He just had the better rookie season. I think that's all we could say right now. Way better rookie season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's transition to mine. I'm gonna talk about Trey Lance, the guy we were just we talked about him briefly. Um, Trey Lance, like I mentioned, six four, big body. This is, I think, the closest thing to Josh Allen in this draft class. Obviously, he's got the big arm, he's got the fire fastball like Josh Allen. He moves in the pocket like Josh Allen, and I think he moves better than Josh Allen in the pocket. 
I am a big Trey Lance fan. He is my quarterback, too, in this whole entire class, and that is a very big compliment, obviously, in this class when you got guys like Lawrence, Fields, Zach Wilson. He's my quarterback, too, in this entire class. Big fan of his game. I think his his game could translate so well to the NFL. Obviously, there's a huge risk with Lance coming from not a non-Power 5 school at North Dakota State. You know, the concern is could he translate to the NFL? Could his game translate to the NFL? And could he still be as good and as, you know, much of a beast as he was in North Dakota State at the NFL? That's obviously the concern, and that's something we're going to have to wait and see for. But if we're talking about just from a talent standpoint of, you know, what you're looking for in a build in a quarterback, size, weight, arm talent – you know, all the, all that stuff, you're getting that exactly with Trey Lance. And that's a guy that you could develop to be a very, very nice pro. Obviously, like I said, the risk is, you know, the experience obviously hasn't had much experience. He's still very young as well. So that's the knock on Lance. And, you know, maybe where he could fall a little bit in this draft and, you know, maybe fall a little later in the top 10, hypothetically, we'll see. Um but overall, if you want to develop a guy, I think this is the best quarterback to develop. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, I think Trey Lance is quarterback too for me. So if the Lions could get their hands on this guy at pick seven, I said there's three guys I would do backflips for. Him, Justin Fields, and I guess Malcolm was telling me he said, this guy doesn't say his name like this, but I'm still calling him Penny Sewell. If those are three guys <laughs> I'd be doing backflips for. I guess Malcolm was telling me he goes by Penny. P- Penny. Oh, I, forgot how he, I forgot how he said it. He, I'm telling you, it was an interview with him, and then he said his name, and I was like, holy shit. I've been saying his name wrong the whole time. We're sticking with Penny Sewell. But <laughs> <laughs> so those are three guys I'd be doing back to the store. So Trey Lance is the quarterback I'd be super excited for and someone I think Lions fans should definitely keep a radar on on draft day if he does become available at pick seven. So, all right, let's get into our other quarterbacks. We're Like we said, we're talking about two quarterbacks. So, Pierre, do you have another round one guy or just, you know, going no, more deep no. in the draft? Um, okay. So this is like, I think he's going to go in the second round, but I personally wouldn't take him in the second round. And the next guy is Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. 6'2", 211 pounds. He has a strong arm. But obviously, he has a lot of work. He has a lot of stuff that he's going to – he panics under pressure. His ball placement sometimes isn't the best. His deep throw actually isn't the best. Um, but he is athletic for a 5'9". Again, I think a team, potentially like the Bears or even like the Patriots have done a lot of work on him. I've read that, so – I could see him going in the second, but I wouldn't touch him in the second. I think he's more of a third or fourth round pick, in my opinion. Um, and I was telling, I was telling Tyler um, before we even started this the pod, he for some reason screams like Dak Prescott vibes. Bro, I, get Dak, I, I get Dak Prescott vibes from this guy. Like I have a feeling he's gonna get drafted in the third or fourth round. He's gonna have no expectations to start, no expectations to do anything, but to come in. And then they're starting quarterbacks and get hurt, maybe preseason or maybe first or first week or second week. And then this guy's just going to come in, and that starter may not have his job back. And that's for some reason I get that vibe from him. Malcolm, me too. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he's my quarterback six. I, that's how like after those four guys, personally, like Mac Jones, like a late one, early two for me is great. After those like top four guys, it's like a big fall. After Mac Jones, like another big fall. Shit. Yep. And that goes to brings me to my guy. My guy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, oh my God! I know who his oh, guy is Lord. too. Wait, wait, wait! This, this this is bad because um, I'm just I have you. I have no connection with this guy. I have no connection with this guy. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. I don't want people to say, "Oh my God, you're a fan." Stop it! I'm not a fan, <laughs> um, at all. Okay, um, this and, and like like Pierre said, it's like it, after QB six, it's it, it, it's just a drop. This is a huge drop. Like I don't see any of these guys. I mean, hopefully they make the you know the NFL rosters. They could be backups, but I don't see any of these guys being starters. But the guy I'm about to name right now is from Florida. A lot of people know him because he makes big throws. He has big numbers. It's Kyle Trask. And, yep, Tyler just made the face. <laughs> Yo. Uh, I'm not like, a fan of Kyle Trask. Yeah, not either. He was in the ice, Chris. I mean, huh? he's in yeah, I'm, I don't know. That is beyond me. Wait, what did you say? Did you say Heisman? He was he in the Heisman was race. He was, he was so was Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow won it. Tim Tebow was trash in the NFL, but he was a dog in college. No, Tim Tebow, I mean... No, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I think Tim Tebow probably is going to go down to one of the greatest college players ever played football. Yeah, I said he was a dog in college. Like He was, <laughs> well, he was probably well, the best college football player. the best team, player. honestly, of all time, I think, in college football history, too, is that Florida Urban Meyer team. That Urban Meyer Florida team, I think, is one of the best I mean, just Tim Tebow is just special, bro. 
Uh, I'm not going to bet. He was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. Remember his speech? Remember when he lost and then he made that speech and then like they they never lost again after that? Yeah. Yeah, but Tebow was a that's a definition of a college football player. And that was Tim Tebow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I quarterback though. He earned his stripes. I don't care what he did. He earned his stripes. He didn't want to play up. He didn't want to play up there. Yeah, somebody did say that after I brought him up, but um, yeah, Kyle Kyle Trask. He's not Tim Tebow, guys. I can tell you that right now. He had great college numbers, and it's not going to translate in the NFL like Tebow. But he's nothing like Tebow. Um, he has a big arm. He just what's the words, Tyler? Did you see he has a big arm? Yeah, I mean he has an arm. Kind of big. It's average. I mean, he improved a little bit this year. I mean, Kyle Trask is just one of those. I, I seen. I mean, I'll, I'll watch Andy Dolan, That's like kind of like a child Trask. Like it's kind of like an Andy Dalton sort of type of player. I I, I think a Mac Jones. Oh. Andy Dalton. Oh, don't say that shit. I think I'm I'm thinking more like Dallas Cowboys Andy Dalton too with Mac Jones. Not oh. even the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Andy wait, Dalton. Wait, you talking about you talking about dog Mac Jones? Yeah, Jones. let's not like get off topic. Oh, yeah, we're, we're talking about Trask right now. But yeah, yeah we're talking, we're talking about, Trask, about Trask, man. Trask. Well, you brought you brought up Andy Dalton. I just, you brought up my comp with Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones more like Kirk Cousins. No, I don't even see that. No, I don't, no, I don't see Kirk Cousins either. But I mean, Kyle Trask in the definition is some people try to make people want to make this guy a hero. Some people want to make this guy a lot better than he actually is. I mean, people want to make this guy. People want to be a believer into this guy before the season. Like people were saying, Josh Allen. He's got the same build as Josh Allen. No. What? Does he have the same build as him? Yeah, yeah. he's just as big. He's six five. He's, he's big. But when you start to compliment Kyle Trask's mobility, no, this guy just looks like Absolutely a gumpy, nice. a, a big gump uh, marshmallow trying to move in the pocket. It's just, it's not nice. It doesn't look good at all. Um, his arm is mediocre at best. His reads, I, I mean, there's just nothing there with Kyle Trask that really impressed me. And yeah, he's a developmental guy. But the he's definitely, 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 definitely a dumb, dumb Developmental guy. <laughs> Developmental the Saints reportedly guy. have done a lot of work on him. I don't know what that means. Or I want to be shocked. Could be I want to be shocked. Screen. But you know, he like he kind of fits that like possession type of offense they like to run. I mean, that, that, that's an that's an offense where it's not asking to, you know doing to too much. It's just make the simple throws, be smart. But even I doubt that because his decision making sometimes even worries me. So like if you're yes. saying Mac Jones, okay, his decision making is smart. So that's where you know that's what he gets the perk. Stop. <laughs> That's why he gets the brick over <laughs> a guy like Trask. But Trask's decision making is even questionable at times. I mean, he's just a questionable quarterback. And words of, you know, something, a game that we played a lot during the pandemic was among us. I don't know if you guys ever got on that game. He is very suspect. I mean, that, that's what Kyle Trask is. He's just very sus. So, um, all right. Out on Kyle Trask. I mean, it seems like you guys are all out on Kyle Trask as who's, well. Uh, who's your boy, Tyler? Or who's your, not your boy, me, necessarily. Like, who's the developmental guy? Um, yeah, I mean, this is a guy. I'll, I'll call my boy. I like him. I like Jamie Newman. I mean, Jamie Newman is a guy. Obviously, played at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia, didn't end up playing. I believe he opted out of the season, and then it ended up being um, what's the guy's name? Stenston Stenston Bennett, I think his name is. He ended up being the starter. Then JT Daniels, I believe, will be the starter this year in Georgia. But uh, J, nice. J, Jamie Newman. It was a weird situation. So it looked like he was going to be the starting quarterback, obviously going to be in 2022. But then he opted out of the season. So it made me almost think, did he just not win the starting job and he didn't want to embarrass himself? So he's like, okay, maybe I'll just opt out of the season. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate that. But uh, Jamie Newman opted out of the season after transferring to Georgia. And it was going to be a very, you know, interesting scenario. I was I was interested to see how he would pan out at Georgia. But obviously, we didn't get the opportunity. So I'm going to base off what I saw him in the senior bowl. And you know, his him, himself, kind of like Kyle Trask, decision-making could be very suspect, but I think Newman offers a little bit more, uh, offers more of a mobility, offers the big build, 6'4". I think he has a bigger arm than Kyle Trask. So this is a guy I'm interested in if he can maybe get in day three, maybe round five, round six. This is a guy I think has some interesting traits to work with. You know, it's obviously going to have to be a lot of work, you know, with him. You know, there's not really much out there with Newman. And like I mentioned, the decision-making is very suspect. So it's a lot of work with him, and it's going to be a tough adjustment for him to the NFL. It was a tough adjustment for him even a little bit at the Senior Bowl, you know, when he were, when he was going against some more ACC guys, some more SEC guys, because obviously he didn't play in the SEC um, 
even after transferring to Georgia because he didn't play a single game. All he played is was in the ACC. So he had a tough adjustment at the Senior Bowl. But there are some traits I think some teams you know might want to poke around with in day three. So Jamie Newman is a guy I would keep eyes out for. You know, if the Lions are looking for development, a guy if maybe Holmes and Campbell aren't as necessarily big on a guy like David Blau, maybe they could bring in a guy like you know Jamie Newman. If that's obviously meaning the Lions didn't address the quarterback position in day one or day two, I think Newman could fill in that spot for you know behind Goff and Tim Boyle, and then he could compete with David Blau for that development. And Malcolm Gumley, developmental, developmental spot. So uh, uh-huh. I, I, I'll keep tabs with Jamie Newman if you know the Lions don't address the quarterback position in round one, which is very possible. So Jamie Newman is the guy. Let's switch tiers to the offensive line. My favorite position in all football: offensive tackles and tier offensive line. Yeah. These are the grinders. These are the trenches. These are what win you football games. So I'm going to kick it off to Pierre. We're going to start off with the offensive tackles. Who's an offensive tackle you yeah. want to talk about? So the offensive tackle I did is the guy I watched the second most after Jalen Field. I watched a lot of Zach Wilson. I'm going with Zach Wilson's left tackle, Brady Christensen. He, prote- he protected his blind side. Now he's 6'5", 302 pounds, but he only played left tackle in college. He played two snaps at right tackle in 2019. I don't really count that, though. Um, last year, he gave up a sack and had two quarterback curries, but... He is a little stiff, and sometimes he has trouble against the bigger guys. He also ran at 4.89, so he's pretty athletic. Um, thing is with Christensen, though, he's more developmental guy because with the Lions, he'd be a right tackle, and he hasn't really played that much right tackle. Or maybe you could throw him in there and compete with Tyrell Crosby and see what happens. Um, you said 4.89. That, that's what I saw, bro. I don't know how legit that is. Again, like this year, a lot of these numbers haven't been confirmed. Um, I mean, for an offensive lineman, guys, I mean, that's... That's that's moving. That's had some nice wheels right there. Four eight. I mean, like, let me check on that again just to make sure. I'm pretty sure. That's that's, that's damn near edge rusher. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's at. Um, I just want to make sure that's right because that's true. That's me I too. Mean, I want to make sure that's yeah. right. Yep. That's, well, four eight nine unofficial. So we don't have the official numbers. Um, again though, that's pretty impressive, right? Four eight nine. And that's crazy. I mean, how big Even if it's he? like a five stop five flat, I mean that's still pretty um, fast for a guy who's three hundred two pounds and six five. Um, but yeah, like I said, with the Lions, he probably played right tackle, and he needs some time to develop. He hasn't really played right tackle and played two snaps. Throw him in there with Tyrell Crosby. I think he'd probably lose that, and then maybe the year Crosby is a free agent, he could uh, he could probably compete for that job with another rookie or like a free agent. But he's uh, he's a swing tackle right now, I'd say, probably. Okay. Is that fair? No, I like that. Obviously, because we don't know who the right tackle right now on the lines is. It could be Crosby. So if Crosby ends up being the starting right tackle, you need someone to step in Crosby's spot and be that swing tackle. Obviously, Matt Nelson was that guy. But I got, I, I've mentioned this. I mean, this is a whole new regime, new era. So there might be some guys where, you know, maybe guys like Patricia and Bob Quinn valued. And there's, there's going to be those guys that <laughs> Holmes and Campbell are not going to value. Hey. And they value athleticism. Name, and this those guy names. Is, we won't say those names. All right. Uh, PQ and MP. Yeah, these guys are athletic too. You know, this staff um, values athleticism. So that is I like why that. I, uh, I mean, I don't know if he'll be the pick. It's just like a suggestion, no, I, mean, I guess. It's a, a guy to keep a tab on. I mean, I think yeah. like later day two, early day three, I think that's where his, you know, projection that's should be. That's where I have him like around that day two, day, or like right in that late second, early third range. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Malcolm, who do you got here as an offense tackle? Who is the All bruiser? Right. All right. So a guy who I have is a guy who actually protected Trevor Lawrence for the past two seasons. This is Mar- this is Jackson Carmen, and he's a guy who for the past two seasons, like I said, protect- protected Trevor Lawrence. He kept him upright, and you know he can actually play both positions, um, tackle and guard. So coming into the league, I'm not sure what's going to be his best suit as far as is, is he going to come into be a guard or or a tackle, but either either or I think he'll come in and he has starting potential, um right, right actually right away. So Malcolm, I want to give you a shout out. I want to go all the way back into last year's draft, and you called on this guy, and I think he's a dog right now. I mean, I didn't really know much about him until you told me about him, Tyrese Phillips. Oh yeah, on the Ravens now. I like Tyrese yeah. Phillips, so I'm gonna keep a tab <laughs> on Jackson Carmen because uh, you hit on the nail last year. Yeah, it's, it's usually these big guys when when you're big like that, like when you're like, uh, you know, 
above like 320, 330 in that range, and their 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 guards or tackles, those are big guys. And I think those are the guys you need up front. Like it, if I was building a team, no lie, <laughs> my whole offensive line would be big motherfuckers. <laughs> you're, 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 you're just like what's his name, Tom Cable and the Raiders. That's all Bro, he builds on. <laughs> they'll be giant m- m- Goliath people, you know. That would be my offensive line. Yeah, Malcolm has a good eye for offensive linemen, so. Yeah, there's so, be a whole bunch of big guys. Malcolm, I don't know if you've seen this guy, but I got a guy that you would absolutely fall in love with at the offensive tackle position. This is a guy where you probably have to trade back for in the first round if you want to have a chance at him because I don't see him being there at 41. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State now. Okay. Yeah, this is a guy you've been dreaming about for the Let's past two days. Let's get into this. You've been so, wanting to talk about him. You've been wanting is, to talk about him. What has Dan Campbell been talking about in his press conference? Biting kneecaps? Biting kneecaps? Talk about biting kneecaps. He's talking about bullying people out there. You want a guy out there? You want a guy out there, fellas? Tevin Jenkins, boys. This guy is a molar. If your mothers are not safe, if he's around Tevin Jenkins, if you're if you're planning on going online training camp and Tevin Jenkins there, your mother's not safe. Hey, bro, father's not safe. Your kids are not safe. Nobody's safe when Tevin Jenkins on the field. I don't got kids. Tevin Jenkins doesn't look like an intimidating guy. He has the big goggles on. You look at his team picture, Oklahoma State. You're like, who is this goober? This guy ain't nobody. No, (laughs) watch him. This guy is a finisher. He's a finisher. He's a Dan Campbell guy. This guy will give you full effort. Every single snap. I don't care if the score is 0-0 or 49-0. Tevin Jenkins is a molar. He is going to get the run game going. He's a traditional right tackle. This is a phenomenal prospect. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Pause the podcast. YouTube Tevin Jenkins. Google his team photo. And just look at him. Just look at him and admire it. Because you might love him and I love him, but he doesn't love you back. So, I'm going to keep it brief and simple. I love Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins is going to be a phenomenal pro. And please, please do not let him fall in the NFC North. I do not want to see that guy twice a year on the Vikings or the Bears because those are very realistic options for him. If I see him on one of those teams, he's going to bully our edge rushers. He's going to bully our interior guys. He's going to bully our our guys' mothers. He's going to bully everybody he sees. Why why are you bringing my mom in this, bro? Because Tevin Jenkins will bully him. Or bully, or sorry. Hey, <laughs> so, I mean, this guy is a Mueller. If you want a definition of a Mueller, that is Tevin Jenkins. So, Tyler, this him. this might be a little bold, but I think it'll be the third offensive tackle off the board. And there's a team at 14 that plays in a division that he could land on. Yeah, no, I, that's not very bold at all. I think honestly, who's number 14? The Bears. The, the Vikings. Vikings. Bears are at 20. Um. So. No, that's very realistic. I think uh, between him and Elijah Vera Tucker, it's going to come down to preference of what you like. But if you want a traditional right tackle, because this guy's not a left tackle, but if you're looking for a right tackle, which <clears throat> the Lions are looking for right tackles, um, Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins is that guy. and he's is a, a trade back. Yeah, I mean, he's he's as real as a right tackle as you're going to get. You know, like when you say Rashawn Slater, oh, you know, maybe he's a guard. Oh, you talk about Vera Tucker, oh, maybe he's a guard. No, this guy's a right tackle. He's a right tackle. Now, um, is he also your third offensive tackle behind uh, Slater, or is it Derisaw? No, no, no. It's between Elijah Vera Tucker and and Tevin Jenkins. Those are my my draws between for offensive linemen three. Derisaw, man. I was talking about tackle. Don't you do Tucker as a um, no, guard? I, I think Vera Tucker could be a tackle too. So, oh, okay. Um, the thing with Christian Derisaw, he's the complete opposite of. Of a Tevin Jenkins, you know Tevin Jenkins finished plays. Darisaw, when you watch the Virginia Tech games, it's just like, dude, put some more effort in. Come on, I mean, we're, we're we're playing football here. You're trying to earn your draft spot. Finish the play. That's sometimes uh, Christian Darisaw's problem. He just doesn't finish plays, and it, it just irks me sometimes. I love the Molers. I love guys who are football players on the offensive line. Christian Darisaw sometimes just I, I I get I doubt him sometimes in that position. So um, Tevin Jenkins, I have zero doubts with him, and I love that guy. So. Um, yeah, complete opposite for me. So I, I take Tevin Jenkins in a heartbeat over Christian Darius. I feel like the media is overrating Darius. I feel like he could fall it on the first. That's just my opinion. I think I think he is too, man. And the effort is just sometimes not there with him, and it just football people are gonna be pissed off with this. Dan Campbell is not gonna like a Christian Darius. So he, he's he's a hit or miss guy. Like you're either gonna love this guy or you're gonna hate him. I personally don't love him. Um, not really a knock on him. I think he's a good football player. Just. The motor sometimes is there for me with Derisaw, but Tevin Jenkins, 
I have zero doubts about his motor. <laughs> He's a football player. All right, so this is a guy that the Lions actually met with virtually, and he he's he's his name is um Brendan Jamie's or James I don't know how to pronounce his name um out of Nebraska, six six three hundred pounds. He gave up four three zero sacks last year. Really athletic. He projects as a right tackle or guard in the NFL. Um, PFF actually compared him to Joe Dahl. Uh, he's projected to go day three. Could potentially go undrafted, but I don't think he'll go undrafted. Um, he he's a developmental guy, right? So he's an athletic dude. Again, the staff uh, likes values athleticism, unlike the last staff. And um, he could play guard or tackle. He could potentially develop into a solid starter like Joe Dahl. So okay, That's, all right. So Pierre yeah. went two developmental routes. I think Brady Christian is you know more of a a guy that's he'll be drafted a little bit earlier than that. So that's interesting. Oh, All right. Yeah. Malcolm, who do you got here? All right. So um sticking with my boys, you know I gotta talk about my Alabama boys. Um okay. I'm going with the offensive tackle for Alabama, um Alex Litterwood. And he's a guy who, you know, just like um just like Carmen, he could play both inside and outside. He could play guard and tackle. He has starting potential in either position, so it's really up to the team's preference on where they where they see him. But he's a guy that if you need him to start a tackle, he can start a tackle. Or if you need him to start at um in the guard, you kick him inside. Um, he could play guard. So he's he's a, he's a great option for me as well. Okay, Alex Otherwood. He was also another senior bowl prospect and a bit underwhelming, but I think he still has a pretty high draft grade. I think he's still definitely a day two guy and a guy that we could definitely see off the boards round two. And I think as far as round three, and I don't even know if he reaches that far, but I think that's where yeah. other what's um, projections are right now. Very yeah, I'm with Tyler, same projection. Very impressive offensive lineman from Alabama. All yeah. right, I want to get into another guy, and this is another big boy, and this is a small school guy, Spencer Brown, and Spencer Brown has one of the most impressive things in all around draft community, all on Twitter. If you don't, if you don't know. With, on draft Twitter, something that's very big is the RAS score. Obviously made from uh, Kent Lee, Math Bombs, they like to call him. He used to work for Pirate of Detroit. Um, he has this ranking system called RAS. Spencer Brown from, I believe the RAS system has been around since the 1990s. I don't know the exact year. But Spencer Brown got a perfect 10. That's the highest score you can get on a RAS. Spencer Brown achieved a 10, which makes him... Hypothetically, not that the RAS score is always 100% correct, but on the RAS, you know, platform, he is technically the best offensive tackle prospect to ever enter the NFL draft since the 1990s, whenever this system was created. He got the highest athletic, athletic, athletic wise. wise, yes. So yeah, he got sure. he got the highest grade ever. Got a perfect solid 10. Can't get any higher than that. And that was Spencer Brown. Um, this is also another developmental guy. Obviously, not a guy that will start for you day one, but he is a guy like, you know, who's going to play your right tackle or your left tackle spot. And you know, something he did. I mean, obviously, he didn't play in the biggest competition, but he dominated. I mean, that's something you just want to see. Obviously, if you're not playing the best competition, at least dominate where you are at. And that's exactly what Spencer Brown did. So he's a small school kid, but a guy that could develop to be a pretty nice right tackle, pretty nice left tackle. I I project him to probably go later day two. You know, early day three. I think he's around that same range of Brady Christensen, uh, Christensen like um, Pierre mentioned from BYU. So I like Spencer Brown a lot. I think he's a very impressive tackle prospect. And it would even shock me if a team with his athletic abilities drafted him a little bit earlier, even from even though he's from a small school. Um, Spencer Brown's a very nice prospect, and I think someone I would I would really like for the Lions if they can get him. You know, maybe later day two or early day three. So Spencer Brown. That's who I'm going with. Yeah, I want to add something. Six eight three eleven ran a four nine four. So, I mean, shit. Six eight. Wow. Yeah. He's big. <laughs> he's big, and he's got wheels. So there you go. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. All right, let's kick it off to the interior offensive line. Now we've talked about tackles. We love tackles, and the lines could be in you know need for a tackle. Obviously, like we mentioned Terrell Crosby a free agent after this year. It looks like Big V will be switching into the inside, and we don't know really the long term stability with him. Oh, so shit. it looks like the it looks like the lines could be in the market for a tackle in this upcoming draft. Obviously, didn't really address that in the free agency market. So. You know, these guys are really realistic options for the Lions. So let's kick it off to the interior, which I think is also very possible. Like I mentioned, Big V, don't know the long-term stability with him. And then after that, cut Joe Dahl. So 
Don't really have much interior help. Got Jonah Jackson. He drafted Stenberg last year. We'll see what the staff thinks of him. So, you know, kicking off to Pierre. Who's an interior lineman you like here? Now, this is a guy, when you watch him, he likes to bite kneecaps. Ben Cleveland out of Georgia. He's a guard. <clears throat> so, he is 6'6", 343 pounds, 343 pounds, ran a 505. I mean, you guys want to talk about athleticism, I keep bringing this up. This staff values athleticism. Uh, he played one full year as a starter. He gave up one hit and five rooms. He has to work a little on his footwork. And again, this is a guy who Dan Campbell would love. I already have this in my notes. This is a guy who Campbell would love to have on his team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I actually mocked him in our last 3.0 mock. I, I mocked him at pick 101 for the Lions. So I'm a big Ben Cleveland guy. You know, I think you mentioned this to me, and I agree with this. He kind of gives you like that Jonah Jackson vibes. He's a guy that, that could start for you right away, day one. If the yeah. Lions aren't sold on one of their guards, if they're not, you know, I, I could see him beating out one of these guys on the team if he were hypothetically drafted by the Lions. I could see him beating a big V for the starting offensive guard spot. You know, he's just a solid guy. He play, he does everything for you. You know, he's not the flashy guy, but, you know, he's good on the run defense. He's good in the passing protection department. He gives you all. He gives the full package. He just never will be a phenomenal player. Um, he just has one of those ceilings like Jonah Jackson. Just going to be a very good football player. You build around for the long run, but will never be, you know, your Frank Ragnow or never be like a Quentin Nelson. He's just a very rock-solid player. And obviously, guys, you want in your locker room. So I, I really like a guy like Ben Cleveland. And I love where he's projected to go late day two, early day three. So like another guy uh, I like a lot. And obviously, I'm I think he could go a little earlier. Like teams might take a chance at his athleticism just because he's so athletic and there's so much potential with that. Um, and we'll he did see it. what happens. And he did it with some tough competition, obviously playing in the SEC. A lot of, you know, yeah. you know, big dogs in the SEC. So he did in the, you know, I, I don't think it's an argument, but the highest competition you can get in college football. So yeah. big props to Ben Cleveland. And, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe he does go midday two or earlier day two. So we'll see. All right, Malcolm, who's an interior guy you like here? Holy crap. Like, I had the same guy. Oh, uh, dead bad, series bro. had the same guy. No, but it's fine. I was looking through, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Pierre did have him." So I had to scramble through my notes. But let me talk about the other guy who I was. Because I was going to talk about him first. And yeah, when we talk about mother and big body, that dude's like three fifty. That's the type of talk. That's that's the type of offensive lineman I'm talking about. And, and yeah. he's athletic, bro. Like you don't see that with big guys. and athletic. I'm telling you, that if I had a team, that's what my offensive. I'll have five of those guys. Are you John Gruden's brother? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You wanna, Are you Jay Gruden? When you want to run the ball, do you want to, and you want time in the pocket, bro? You need these big guys. You need big, 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 big guys. So, I, I love it. But yeah, great, 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 great pickup. Um, I guess I'll talk about the guy who I had afterwards, and that's a guy going back to Alabama. I know everybody's like, "Oh, you're a homer. You're a homer, homer. Malcolm. You're a homer." Homer. Um, <laughs> um, and that's Landon Dickerson. And Landon Dickerson's a guy who. He has an, another guy who has potential as starting, and he has he, he can start either a center or a guard, even though we don't need a center. But he has that that experience that he could put him anywhere in the field as far as an in interior line, which is good. It's good for injuries. If somebody gets would get hurt, you know, he can rotate him in. If someone something would happen to Ragnall, he could shift in the guard into the center, or he could be a starting guard. So he's a guy that you want that flexibility of a guy playing multiple positions and playing at a, at a solid level. At a high level, um, you definitely can go with Dickerson. And I want to caution Lions fans before you fall in love with Landon Dickerson because it's it's very easy to fall in love with this guy. This is a guy that you're going to have to draft early, and you might even have to potentially trade up for this guy in the second round. So um, right now, if you're trying to if you're planning on getting him at 41, that might be out of the equation because Landon be, Dickerson might be, out, might be might be going. I by think he's a first round pick, bro. Could be. I think he's going to go in the twenties, but yeah, he has that ACL, so it depends on the medicals. But you I guys see yeah, doing like I mean, backflips they're, they're, the other day, literally. I was just going to say that he was doing. It was Mac Jones's interview at the pro day, the Alabama pro day. He was, he was doing, doing backflips, <laughs> backflips, <laughs> literally backflips, yeah. multiple ones. Not one. Not but torn ACL. Yeah, that I mean that was the red flag too. Was the injuries? I mean, like could this guy move still? Is he still good? Yeah, he can move. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was impressive, man. Yeah, no, uh, Landon Dickerson. I mean, he's my favorite interior offensive lineman in this whole entire class. So uh, he could go as early as in the twenties, I think. But 
if you if you fall in love with this guy, let me just tell you, it's gonna come with a price tag because this guy ain't gonna be some third, fourth round pick. No, 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 you're gonna you're gonna have to trade up for this guy more than likely if you're at forty one because that's gonna be tough. Um, but let me talk about another guy I love and oh man, offensive lineman, it just gets me going. Oh, Senior Bowl, Wisconsin, Whitewater. I don't like the state of Wisconsin, but I, this is an exception right here. Quinn Miners. Oh, my God. Uh, the confidence in this guy is unbelievable. He plays it out with his stomach out. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. He's an amazing prospect. He plays the guard position at a high level. If you want a, a nice run molar, you're getting that with Quinn Miners. He was the most phenomenal prospect at the whole entire Senior Bowl. He caught my eye day one. I'm like, who the hell is Quinn Miners? Who is this guy with his stomach out? The only guy with his stomach out. I'm like, who is this guy? Looked him up. Had a phenomenal senior bowl practice and those one-on-one drills of which people love fall in love with you know when you get the edge rusher or the interior defensive lineman you you put them in the one-on-one drills with against a uh, interior offensive lineman or, or offensive tackles quinn miners absolutely dominated every single rep he had the opportunity versus sec acc big 10 he dominated every opportunity he got so you know you guys are like division three school get the hell out of here no 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 Quinn Miners is a football player. He's an NFL football player. Um, look at his workout routine. Amazing. I love this guy. Quinn Miners. Keep a tab on him. I, I project him to go round two to round three. I don't think there's a chance he's there day three. So day two guy for sure for me. Yeah, man. He's fun. A lot he's of fun. fun. My favorite entire prospect, I've, him and Tevin Jenkins, my two favorite prospects in this whole entire draft, if we're just talking about having fun and enjoying football players, these are football players, both those guys. So those are them. guys that Patricia and Bob Quinn would have loved too. Strictly football guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know we don't talk about those guys. I, no. I mean, have you have you seen Quinn Miners' workout routine? I it's, haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. He's just lifting like houses. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just, they lived with somebody's grandmother. Like he's just like you remember Anthony Zettel and his like him tackling a tree. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just stuff like that, man. That's Quinn Miners. <laughs> he just oh, does that's, like that's, that's, he does, he's a savage. Man. He, he does workouts like in his like front porch. <laughs> this is like in the middle of the woods. That's Quinn Miners. Yeah, got you. All right, Peter. Who do you got here? Second interior offensive lineman. Now this guy is a developmental guy, and this is guy is not athletic, but I just went with him because I could see him making sense on day three. Robert Hainsey. Played right tackle at Notre Dame. He projects as a guard in the NFL. But right now, he's more like a backup type of guy. Um, some have him going like as an undrafted free agent. I've seen some grades like that. But to me, he's maybe like a sixth or seventh-round guy. I can see him sneaking the fifth. Um, he gave up two sacks last year. Had two hits and two hurries. Like I said, he's not athletic. He's a developmental project. So this is a guy like maybe if you need a game or two, you start him. He's just not... He has a lot of work to do. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see that. All right, let's kick it off to Malcolm. Obviously, you got, you know, stumbled, pierced your guy, Ben Cleveland, midway through. So who would yeah. you end up choosing? As your uh, check this guy? out. So, yeah, I made a quick recovery from Ben Cleveland. And I actually went to the guy who played next to him. Um, This is Trey Hill. And Trey mm. Hill is another guy who may not be a starter right away. You probably get him round three, round four. And they have him labeled as a, a swing interior guard. Um, so he could come in and he could play like that, that Joe Dahl role potentially. And maybe one day, who knows, he could be, could be a starter. But he's, a, he's one of those guys who I'm looking for. You know, when you're like above 320 in the interior line, those are guys who I love. And this guy's 330. So, yeah, I'm all over him. You know, I was actually really shocked you who you didn't go with. I thought that you would go with the clean sweep with Alabama in every single position. Is you didn't go Deontay Brown? I mean, that's uh, a big uh, point too. I, I was going to, but I was like, then I would for sure be called him. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't go Mac Jones, Leatherwood, and him. No, I can't do it. I wouldn't. And Dickerson. Oh, actually, you did go. You did get the clean sweep. <laughs> he was at Dickerson. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did have one in every single position. I wanted it that way. Um, to have one in every position, but I didn't want to just sweep it like that. And yeah, just... I, I, I mean, if you're talking about a big boy, I'll, I'll give you a little extra credit. Deontay Brown is a big boy. I mean, not really much technique, but if you want a big boy who's gonna block, that's Deontay Brown. Yeah. Right, I'm not here to talk about Deontay Brown. Though. I'm here to talk about Wyatt Davis. Wait, I have a question to you. Doesn't Deontay Brown scream Raiders like John Gruden? 
yeah. man. Hell yeah. And Ravens, Raiders, Ravens, those type of teams. Yeah, those are the teams. Those are the mothers of the, of the NFL because they get these big guys and you got you need to pound the ball, man. Tennessee as well, but I'm done. Yeah, now. Tennessee, San Francisco, teams like that. Kyle like likes his guys athletic, though. He likes them to be able to move well, you got guys like Tomlinson and stuff like that. You know, they're yeah. bigger bodies. Right. Yeah. All right. All right go ahead. I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt. Deontay Brown, yes. Big clogger. <laughs> Why mm-hmm. Davis, though, I'm here to talk about from Ohio State. And this is another guy kind of like Landon Dickerson. Not as, as early as the projection as Dickerson. Like, I think Dickerson could be as high as in the pick 20. I think Wyatt Davis is, you know, highest ceiling is maybe late first round. I mean, maybe as late as, like, you know, 30s like i think one of those super bowl contender teams could take him definitely or i could see him falling into day two but i think he'll be sweeped up very early in day two i mean wyatt davis he was protecting obviously justin fields and he was phenomenal this was a guy last year he played alongside with the now lion jonah jackson so he him and jonah were really nice at the interior spots uh, I, I like Wyatt Davis, man. He, he's a really nice prospect, really good prospect. He had a really good year in the limited action in the eight games this year that Ohio State played. Um, I mean, this guy is getting hyped to be, I think, after Landon Dickerson is like the second best interior, interior offensive lineman in this whole entire class, and he deserves it, man. He's a really good, you know, he does everything for you. Obviously, really good pass protector, really good run protector as well. Um, if you're, if you're, it's a passing league, so he's really known for his passing protection. So, you know, him. Putting him in your offensive line is definitely someone you want to build off of. So I got Wyatt Davis here. Uh, someone I'll look around if you know the lines are interested in an interior guy. Maybe day two, early day two, around 41. Or if they want to trade back and accumulate more picks, I think Wyatt Davis makes a lot of sense for you know building up this offensive line. Obviously with the questions at right tackle and then at right guard as well. So Wyatt Davis is who I'm going to pick here. And with that being said, we talked about two guys each. And we, we had some extra cardi guys. And just very quickly, I'll talk about some quick running backs if you guys are interested. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, I think makes a lot of sense. Memphis guy played alongside with Antonio Gibson a year before this. Gainwell is one of those guys where he projects to almost be a receiver. I mean, he, he's a very good pass catching back out of the backfield. And you can even line him up in the slot. He could be a mismatch. So Kenneth Gainwell is a guy I would look out for. Trey Sherman from Ohio State, another nice running back is a guy I would look out for. Pierre's got one of my favorite guys. Um, Pierre's got a guy. Reminds me of Antonio Gibson. Uh, Killen Hill or Kylan Hill? Kylan Hill. His route running is really good for running back. Normally, when you look at running backs, I mean, their route running is not all that right. But this guy, like, I feel like he could have an Antonio Gibson, um, like, effect for a team he gets drafted to. I I don't know. Maybe fourth or fifth round. Maybe third. I think fourth or fifth, though, probably. Uh, you never know, though. A team could fall in love with him. I just think that he'll be an offensive weapon, right? You can move him around. You can have him play in the slot. You can have him match against linebacker, a safety. Uh, kind of that third down back right now in his career. May, could he develop more maybe on in the future? Maybe, but right now he's a third down back. So just a name to watch. And even if the Lions don't draft him, just keep in mind when fantasy season starts. I feel like this guy could oh, have an impact. Okay. I, I'll, I'll throw that same kind of comparison for Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis as well. Obviously, play the same school with Antonio Gibson as well, like you mentioned. So, I like that. I like you bringing up the fantasy perspective, even though you're the same guy who told me to bench Marvin Jones in 2019 when he was in first in the Roads. So, take it with a grain of salt, guys. Uh, Malcolm, do you have anything to add on Najee Damn, Harris? why have to bring that up? <laughs> Damn. Malcolm, do you have anything else to add on Najee Harris, Alabama boy? Oh man, I, I think he's gonna be. I think to be honest with you, man, I think he's gonna have a hell of an NFL career. I think he's a guy who has it all, and I just I personally, he, he has the size, the, the he has the speed. I think he has a, the the hands to catch passes in the backfield. He has great vision. I think he's gonna be a phenomenal. Like when you look at when you look at um Jacobs, who you know was drafted from Alabama a few years ago. I think Najee Harris was a better of the two. Yeah, so if you think Jacob is good, you're gonna get a, he's gonna be a hell of a running back. And I, I like think he's that. gonna he's gonna go round one. Yeah, hundred percent. I think so too. I like that you brought the underrated aspect of his pass catching ability too. I mean, I think people underrate that so much. Yeah. Is that you know people just think he's big. They're like, oh, that's Derrick Henry. That's Josh no. Jacobs. He's just gonna no, no, no. This guy does it all for you. Yes. And I mean, there's a reason why he gets hyped to be running back one. And hey, maybe we get to see him reunite with your other former Alabama boy. Uh, Tua in Miami at pick 18. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be beautiful, man. I'll, I'll, that'll be great for Tua. 
that'd, and that'd be, be great. That'd be great for the the Dolphins as well. If they're able to get him because again, he's he's gonna be a hell of a back. That'd be hella fun. So, with that being said, that is a wrap. That's a wrap to this episode. And like we said, we're gonna keep going down the list of more positions in this NFL draft as we get closer to it. We're gonna be doing some defense. We got some more offense. Got some receivers to talk about. Tight ends. We got it all. So stay tuned, guys. We got a lot to talk about coming to the NFL draft, and then we'll see what actually happens on draft day. And it's gonna be a lot of fun. That being said, if you guys could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever the hell you guys listen to, it's always much appreciated. And I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I uh, hope you're all staying safe during this time, and I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and you know, just like Tyler said, man, leave those reviews, man. And you know, also those locker rooms catch us every week so we'll be on the locker room app you know check us out we have the live shows um come come and tell us what you think you know you could voice your opinion on the show and with that being said i am out peace